Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Dabblers Book Club. I am Hadra. And I'm Curtis. And we are, well, Curtis has just got home from work. Um, and instead of asking him how his day went, I've made him a cup of tea and set up our microphones so we can mm-hmm. discuss a book. You have no idea how my day went. No, I don't. No. I don't care, to be honest. It's no. a good excuse to just Neither do I. To, to distract, <laughs> to distract <laughs> you. Uh, this week, we are doing Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, which you made me read. It was my turn to choose a book. Um, I read this last year. I was doing my last tour. I used to work travelling around. I won't bore you with the details. Um, Listener, that is. You know all about it. And I was in Estonia. I needed a book to read. It was the run-up to Christmas. I knew this was a classic. I'd seen it on a lot of friends' shelves. And everyone it's one of those books that everyone said, oh, this is fantastic. Um, And to kind of fast-forward and just give my overall opinion straight away, this is one of the best books I've ever read. I read it in a couple of days and just went, wow, I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm judging by the amount of time you took to read it and the constant (laughs) groaning, not such a fan. It should have taken me about an hour to read and it took me about four years. Okay, maybe four weeks, three weeks. Um, No, I didn't warm to it. Which is good. I think this is good for our reading. Um, we can't agree. Well, no, we can't. And we, we just we don't really a huge amount on books, I suppose. We have very different tastes. I think you're, mm. you're slightly more um, open-minded. But, yeah, it just, oh, my God, all those adverbs. So many adverbs. So many adjectives. In such a short space of time as well in like what 200 pages i see i because i don't analyze language that closely can you i don't analyze you pick sort, a passage it's and just find while you're reading it so it's not like i'm analyzing while i'm reading it but i'm reading it and going oh something is just hurting me and um and then i sort of have to make myself analyze it and it's let, let's find That's a interesting. passage well, you find one for me I, I loved the language of this book it was just it's so dreamlike i felt like the whole book was just a dream it was a it, it sort of gave you just the right levels of description where I truly am. You know, I can tell I'm in America. Um, I can tell, you know, it's night time. But also, it's like almost like when you play, I mean, I don't know, when you play like a video game um, and it's night and you go down this fake street and it's got this really weird, like, loneliness to it. That's how, like, I felt all the, the scenes in this book were. You know, like the um, when uh, Guy Montag 
the main character, the fireman, um, goes on this little adventure. And, you know, from the, the, there's a, the opening pages, which I reread today, he comes up out of the subway um, and walks down the street. And it, I can just tell it's dark, it's quiet, it's unsettling. The sky's really beautiful above him, like dark and starry. And then the girl that appears and speaks to him out of nowhere. It's all very dreamlike. The way he describes fire, which is obviously in the book a hell of a lot because he's a fireman and... Um, in this dystopian future, uh, firemen set houses on fire because they've got books in them as opposed to uh, putting out fires as they do in our day. Um, and, and, yeah, the fire is always described as fireflies and it's just uh, so poetic. I can think of it, I can see the sort of line you might have liked. The little mosquito delicate dancing hum in the air, the electrical murmur of a hidden wasp snug in its special pink warm nest, that kind of thing. Tell me that's not you. brilliant. I mean, genuinely, that's what I'm no, talking about. No, it is. This is the thing. It's like reading it line line at a time. I go, okay, you know, that's lovely. But while I'm reading it, I just, I can't, like, I don't know what's going on. It feels like... Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I got the general gist of, you know, what was going on. But it was like, it felt like it could have taken... 10 pages it's got it's got the vagueness to it i'll give you that i liked it and and often that does do like we were talking about uh last week with the testament sequel to handmaid's tale i was talking about how i was just like i don't know where i'm at with this book i can't follow it page and page so i i do understand where you're coming from i find, just, it, amazing. I get it, I find it amazing that yeah you know exactly where this book is set but handmaid's tale through you which for me is just so much clearer yeah i feel like this this really setting. um this sets a scene okay he walked out of the fire station and along the midnight street toward the subway where the silent, air-propelled train slid soundlessly down its lubricated flue in the earth and let him out with a great puff of warm air onto the cream-tiled escalator rising to the suburb. Do you mean you, you, yeah. got, you, you that, left work? That's, yeah? a, that's, that's, a, you left that's work. exactly the, the piece I was talking about just now. <laughs> and I, I'm, I know exactly where I am with that. And I love that. Um, what's the what, where they describe the subway and it's it's air propelled or something? Yeah. And it just already it suggests to me it's not of this earth. This is a future yeah, time a with different. Thing. It, it's, yeah. I love stuff like that. I think it's fantastic. I mean, I haven't read much dystopia, and the dystopia I read is kind of it could be our world. It's just mm. a different government has taken over, kind of thing. Mm. Um, I feel like this is that, though. There's just tiny little differences. Yeah, but the sci-fi stuff, you know, the extra, you know, the mm. technological advances and all that kind of thing, which I suppose it's because you wrote it so long. Well, you know, not so long ago. But you wrote it before our kind of technology boom and, you know, the world we're in now. Um, but things aren't going to sort of match up. And mm. I'm reading it. I'm reading it at the wrong time, really, for it to be, for me groundbreaking yeah oh that's fair enough um so we so we definitely agree to disagree on the setting but again it goes, um, it goes it's that interesting thing of when should you read a book you know what makes a book timeless and what elements of it are timeless and which ones do you discard you know um the further away you move from a book so you say it's a bit like uh those films in the 80s that like guessed how the how the what the year 2000 was going to look like and now we're there going, well, we haven't got, you know, yeah, flying cars. Less and... in a kind of, well, you weren't right about that, but more that it disorientates you more because you're kind of halfway there. You've got some parts which make sense. Um, and, you know, he's almost describing a kind of Alexa-type presence in the room or TV. You know, it's yeah. like the next step of TV kind of thing. But Well, I mean, it's, it's an obvious comparison, but 
very, very 1984. Yeah, fact, yeah. It, for me, it sits right next to, in fact... It's before 1984. Is it? No, it's after 1984. No, this is very... This is, no, no, yeah. Um, 1984 was in the 40s, right? Um, it's like 10 years later. It was towards the end of Orwell's life, so yeah, I would say the 40s. Um... This was written in, this was published in 1953. I sit this next to Brave New World in 1984. Um, conceptually, the other two, um, Huxley and Orwell, those, those classics are far more mind-bending and, and you know, the, the prophecy of the future they gave is incredible. This doesn't have that. I just think as a story, I love this more. Mm-hmm. I really well, do. Okay, tell me what the story is. Because it was just so ungripping for me. Wow. That he was a fireman and he got caught out and then he ran away and met a load of other people who held books in their minds instead of the books themselves. And, yeah. And then they watched their city perish. Was that basically it? Well, I mean, if you'd written it like that, I'm sure it would have sold well. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. It's a tweet. Yeah. Come on, he's, Ray. He's it's a, a tweet. <laughs> he, he's a fireman who actually is very much a part of the, the race. And for anyone who hasn't read it, he's a fireman in their sense of the term, which was someone who burns books sets, sets, sets houses sets on fire, fire to things. get rid of books because books are banned yeah. he's a fireman who yes starts fires instead of putting them out and he's very much a part of the regime and when and he becomes disenchanted with it all when first of all when the young girl he starts encountering the new neighbor puts doubts in his mind i know you want to rant about I the young girl i don't want to rant about it i You're... don't want to rant about it it's like he did lose me there i'm okay. like oh a man's walking down the street and there's a 17 year old girl but he has no romance with this girl <laughs> no, I or anything know. and I, I i get what you know younger women she opens his eyes yeah she opens his eyes to a um because because she's full of imagination and dreams yeah. and yeah she represents youth as opposed to sexuality or femininity I know that yeah. well she represents something outside of the system mm-hmm. he finds her very strange um, but she he, she puts thoughts in his head mm-hmm. like he's going yeah why do we set fire to books why can't people have books I'm not um, saying a woman's key to a man's personal development but you know well you know <laughs> and then he um, he and then. It's weird, actually. The, the one weakness I would give this novel, he's never he's never that in love with his wife. From uh, and maybe that's just her component because from very early on, she's now I forget the uh, name of them, but the, the walls they watch the walls. Um, that's going to annoy me. I'm going to find out what it is. Um, but they, they constantly watch um, the walls, which is like you know television, like a mass media broadcast. Um, and she's very plugged into that. In fact, the, our first introduction to her, she's tried to commit suicide, and there's a couple of sort of surgeons saving her life. Um, and then they get home, and she's very indifferent, and she just wants to watch the watch the walls. Walk. So, is the implication there that they're trying to save her life? She's she clearly is depressed, and there's a part of her mind that is aware of the awfulness of the world she's in, and and how broken her mind is because of it. I, no, I don't and think she's got a conscience. I think her purpose is she's archetypal of everybody in this society, the Bradbury setting, where. Um, she, they're, they're just all. They're, it suggests they're all on drugs all the time. But to try to commit suicide, that oh, would hint at a sort uh, of. It's an overdose that she takes. Right. Again, I'd have to go back in detail, so don't quote me on this. But yeah, I think she's. Um, at the end of the day, it's. It's. I think it's setting that she's tried to commit suicide, but they go home and have a very average conversation and get plugged into the walls. It's not a big thing that she tried mm-hmm. to take her life, and her, her husband's supposed to just lump it. And he goes, "Well, hang on, this." I think I, and he just notices he has feelings, and he's not—he doesn't fit in this world. So you fast forward; he has encounters with this young girl who asks him questions, which makes him question his own life. He becomes increasingly disenchanted with his wife and their circle of friends, 
and how they want to do nothing but watch the walls. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the I guess the big midpoint reversal of the novel is when um, Guy Montag goes out to a job with the firefighters because a woman has been uh, caught with a house full of books, mm-hmm. an old lady. Um, and actually it's a really distressing scene that is written so beautifully where the firefighters go in and torch the house and the old woman refuses to leave and she chooses to commit suicide. She sets fire to herself. I really envy your connection with it, that you can find that really moving because I'm reading it just like it's a news report almost. It's distressing. The, yeah, the, I just I couldn't feel any the, emotional the, the connection. The old woman just dies and, then, and that's when Guy smuggles a book out. Smuggles a book Is out. it then revealed that he had been smuggling books for a while, actually? Don't this is where I need to get my timeline straight. I'm not sure. Because, because then later because on we see that he's got some in his... He has been hoarding, hoarding them. them. So this isn't he, the first time. Yeah, and he gets his wife to read them. She does. She's very, very against it. She does sort of play of reading them. There's one scene that I like that really goes against the entire narrative where actually quite early on he gets caught out with the books and the fire chief... Um, so it says, right, so you read a book and you, you think, ah, oh, here it is. Here's where mm. he gets thrown under the bus because no one's allowed books. And he's, of him of all people, a firefighter, the person that's supposed to torture the books. But actually, the chief goes, oh, no, you keep the book, get it out of your system. You know, we've had this before. It is a good kind of false friend thing for the reader because you do wonder if you can trust him mm. or not. Mm. The, the head firefighter, I can't remember his name. Yeah, he, he almost seems, I don't know, I actually always got a menacing thing from him right. I'm going hang on why is he letting him have the book but um, but no you're right I think I just read it too quick I, th- I think I maybe read the lines too quickly it's a book that I think you have to kind of take your time over line by line mm. like because it's so short it made me think okay I'll just power through it mm. but then as I'm quite an impatient reader probably the worst person to be doing any sort of book podcast because I don't take the time over every line when there's too many adverbs um but yeah, for you to have made that connection with yeah. the characters and go, oh, I find him quite menacing. I'm like, I just, I felt like I was, I don't know, just reading a list of stuff going on. Not, not, I mean, that's unfair. There was, there were some parts that kept me reading, but I feel like honestly, I was reading it in about four page bursts. Yeah, nothing kept me going. For I'm really surprised. That. I found it a page turner. It's just, I suppose it's just what you connect with, isn't it? Um, and yeah, and then. It, 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 things you know fast forward to the end it's turned on his head he's you know he's tried he's decided he wants a life with the books the city turns against him he ends up fleeing there's this you know real crazy climax where the whole city's looking for him and he's on the run and he ends up um in a very sort of Hemingway-ish kind of scene mm-hmm. at the end escaping down the river out into the wilderness and yeah as you said earlier befriend some people that love books and sort of watch mm-hmm. the world burn um I found it absolutely gripping. It's yeah. it's it's not new. It's not groundbreaking. Just it's such a lovely story. Or well, that's how I found it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, the 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 wife is an interesting character because I don't know whether they could have made it so they were really. He could have written it so they were a really strong Together, union. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was the books that ripped them apart. But to be honest with you, she was never that engaged from then on. But as I said, she does maybe represent um, society. All she's men writing about women at that time. I don't know. I think that she's a lost opportunity. I. Um, and not just because I'm a filthy feminist, but... Um, you never know it. First man book we've read for this podcast. <laughs> rubbish, can't connect. Four like, pages <laughs> at a time. <laughs> it's so rubbish, gosh. I, I actually think this book needs to be longer. I think there's so much room for detailed description. Like his, his lines, they do carry a lot of information in one. But actually I think he can afford to just make make the book longer okay. like I'd like to know a bit more about their internal life I want to know more about their emotional connection because I don't feel he gives an accurate depiction of the 
wife. He has been hoarding some books and he has wanted her to read them. Maybe this isn't the first time. Maybe her attempt at suicide is a response to that. You know, I don't, I don't think even just miserable people in the world they're trying to build go, oh, I'm dead inside, now I'm committing suicide and now I'm kept alive and then I'm dead inside. I just, I think it's quite... So you'd like some more colour and background. Yeah, and, and I also think it's quite dehumanising. In in a way, it's it does make me think of how we treat people nowadays. And we mm. go, oh, well, they're all just like that. Or they just, you know, and it's not helpful to look at human beings as all being blind and not caring about things. Um, but then on the other hand, that is how people end up voting for certain <laughs> people. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It did, it did raise some interesting questions and thoughts for me. I think... For me, and I hate myself for saying this, but what let it down was actually the writing style. The story itself was is a very compelling story and very mm. interesting premise. So you'd have liked it as a more you know more depth on the characters, more background to what's going on. I think a little bit, yeah. yeah. The the whole, the, the, I mean, the opening scene for me was just a bit okay. What's going? It, it like it, I disliked it for all the reasons you did like it. I mm. think. Um, but yeah, it's just a style, and presence. that's what makes the world go round, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, isn't we it? can't all agree. There's a really weird thing, actually. This is sort of a digression, but I saw on Twitter the other day. Um, in fact, I, 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 I spoke to um, a sports pundit who I occasionally interact with on Twitter. I won't drop the name because I'll never pick it up again. Um, <laughs> and and um, he actually just replied to one of my tweets, just completely disagreeing mm-hmm. um, with what I'd said, and. Um, and I kind of went, oh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's all cool, though. And he, he actually came back going, well, yeah, it's fine. I, don't pe- hate pe- you. People can disagree. <laughs> but I don't know. And, he, and he's so right. It's a Twitter yeah. thing. And we all just think disagreement equals. You think people hate you. And it's like, no, it's just differing opinions. Isn't we have it so to have dumb? Because opinions. at school, I remember, I think I've had more mature arguments at school in a history class than mm. I have actually with adults um, on Twitter. Um, but anyway, I can't keep making every podcast about Twitter. Oh, no, Twitter's, you know, a huge part of society. It is. Do we have anything else on Twitter? What do you think Ray Bradbury would say about Twitter? Is he still alive? He's still alive. alive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he is, he? Yeah, I think he I think <laughs> he's, he's still alive. Well, well, I can still say, what would he say about mm. it? I'm going to Google this now because he probably... No, he's dead. He's definitely dead. 2012. 91. Good innings. Fair play. I must read some more by him, actually, because I've, I've enjoyed this so much. There's dandelion wine. A lot of his things from his forward, it looks like he makes from sort of short story ideas. Mm. Whereas I'm the opposite. I have an novel idea and then I go, oh, can't be asked. Can't be asked to do this, yeah. short story <laughs> and then do nothing with it. So the community he meets at the end, um, there's this lovely thing. And this is a device used in quite a lot of, uh, by a lot of authors to talk about their sort of favourites and stuff and crowbar them into their own work. Um and um, the community is written because there's the opportunity to write books because books don't exist. So they write books that they read and memorized and mm-hmm. things. So it's lovely. Um, this is one of his new friends speaking at the end. In the last 40 years, I've probably written more poems, essays, stories, plays and novels about libraries, librarians and authors than any other writer today. I've written poems like Emily Dickinson, Where Are You? Herman Melville called your name last night in his sleep and another claiming Emily and Mr. Poe as my parents. And a story in which Charles Dickens moves into my grandparents' upstairs cupola room in the summer of 1932, calls me Pip, and allows me to collaborate on finishing a tale of two cities. I I, I like that. Um, It's kind of interesting, this whole memorising books, because, of course, um, Muslims do that with the Quran. Like, a lot of Muslim boys grow up 
memorizing the Quran. So like when I'm reading this book, I was like, oh, crazy. He like, it felt so fantastical, the idea of, oh, they just learned these books off by heart. And then I'm like, oh, hang on. That's what like loads of Muslim kids. Yeah, <laughs> history is full of people. Yeah. Yeah, memorizing memorizing what people write down. Exactly. Yeah, like (laughs) that's how all the stories began. Yeah, that actually, oh, that's just hit me. That's how the stories began. Like, so on the one hand, they're keeping the world going, like keeping these stories into the future, but actually, they're going back to the beginning, which is stories were told, not written. There you go. I cracked it. Well done. Deeper meaning. Do you like it now? That's basic. No, (laughs) (laughs) I I like the story. Um, It's just something about the writing style, and I think that's possibly a. not an age thing, but it's a tight, you know, I'm probably not suited to that style of the 50s or sci-fi yeah. in the 50s. I don't I haven't read any of it, to be honest. I, don't, I know so little about it. I mean, I don't class this as sci-fi. I you class don't... this very much as dystopia. Oh, I thought dystopia sort of slotted into that. But no, I mean, right. it probably does. I just think sci-fi, um, like I've read a fair bit of Greg Bear. Mm-hmm. I think that's sci-fi. That is like aliens in the sky mm. but they're not aliens they're just different people from different planets and yeah. the technology this for me is a dystopian, dystopian future yeah, yeah. very much so um on the language i <laughs> this is basically how do you and curtis work out books <laughs> <laughs> well it's you know the podcast of people that have never read chaucer and probably never will Wait. we missed that at the start yeah um <laughs> uh, so well, don't know the alphabet here's the first page i just for me i remember reading this and going i am ripped okay. and this is the language it's the language that does it for me it's the picture it paints oh can I read it so it's... I can read it again go on go on it's just the whole first page just, just that first page there right down to the full stop <clears throat> it was a pleasure to burn what a first line sorry carry on makes me think of um thrush it was a special pleasure to see things eaten to see things blackened and changed with the brass nozzle in his fists with this great python spitting its venomous kerosene upon the world Love that imagery. Uh, yeah, I, I could do without the uh, the phallic nature of that. The blood. I'm, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. The blood pounded in his head, and his hands were the hands of some amazing conductor playing all the symphonies of blazing and burning to bring down the tatters and charcoal ruins of history. With his symbolic helmet numbered 451 on his stolid head and his eyes all orange flame with the thought of what came next, he flicked the igniter and the house jumped up in a gorging fire that burned the evening sky red and yellow and black. He strode in a swarm of fireflies. So he burnt something. Burnt an house. But don't you think that's just lovely It's great. I think I'm just such a cynical reader and writer. I'm so bad at... Maybe I was just not in a romantic mood when I read this. I think that could be it because I was in a really good place. I was finishing a job. I was changing career. I was in Estonia. It was a beautiful winter. I knew I was coming home to you soon. I was was cozy. I was sober. And genuinely, (laughs) as, as daft as that sounds, but I was, you know... 12 days eating well not drinking a single thing I'd very much isolated myself from the people I was working with maybe I was just in a fantastic place because I remember feeling brilliant wow. for not drinking like genuinely isolated from everyone I yeah. knew yeah no like, they were all partying and I was like I'm not playing yeah. um, maybe it was just feeling wonderful mm-hmm. being detoxed being in an amazing place that is really interesting like thinking of all these missed opportunities of books because you read them where you're just in the wrong state of mind mm. um, so my friend is telling me about um, Olivia Lang's book, The Lonely City, and I, and I should have read it for my creative writing course, but um, I, I read a few pages and I just kind of, I wasn't there. And mm. I think had I read it three years ago, I would have been, but she said it was just this incredible book for her at a certain time in her life. And, um, yeah, and I, I just, it kind of was too um, 
na- not navel gazing is the wrong way that's doing it a disservice, but yeah, slow books that you kind of have to really take in and mm. uh, meander over. And I'm quite an impatient read. When I'm up for reading, I'm quite impatient. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I read, I'd read this if I had read this at a different time. Maybe I would have sat with it better, but for me, I just want to go. Okay, there's a burning, there's a burning house. Like I don't like figuring things out. I hate mm-hmm. figuring things out. Like a lot of people like to feel clever. I'm not one of those. I mean, I do like to feel clever, mm-hmm. but I don't like working for it. No, I, I think you make such a good point, though. I was, I was with um, my friend. He's a big reader. We rely on each other for a lot of recommendations. And um, he's just had a horrible year. You know, lost a close family member. So he's just he's been reading, but he's been reading just you know stuff that's just easy to leaf mm. through really unchecked uh, and he he said to me because he knows a big dickens fan and he he and before it all kicked off he just read great expectations it was his first mm. dickens um and he said right what's the second best one because i've had the worst year ever and and i'm i'm i haven't been ready to read one mm. i know i'm not I, i'm not going to enjoy it if i read it what book did you recommend the old curiosity shop old curiosity shop he assumed Oliver Twist. I was like, no. <laughs> Quite, yeah, it's pretty sad. Be- I mean, I've only be- ever watched it. <laughs> Before Oliver Twist, you got David Copperfield, Barnaby Rudge. <laughs> yeah, during my divorce, I was reading. I wanted to get into reading more to sort of, you know, get me through it. And, uh, yeah, I was reading A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. And uh, it was horrible. So I got about 150 pages. And it's a long book, about 750 pages. And I was just... 10 times more depressed. It was just exhausting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a brilliant book, though. It's so well written. And a friend of mine was like, why don't you just read something about going to a country cottage and, you know, that sort of thing. So, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, my mum sent me a second-hand book called Fireside Dreams or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that's slightly better. But, yeah, it's... um. It is really interesting, though, how certain books call out to you just at the right time mm. and others you kind of miss out on because you've either started reading at the wrong time or you've read them at the wrong time and come away with the 
Yeah, it's um, it's, it's like it's, the sad chance of life, isn't it? That he's like, oh, well, it really is, it. and it's so funny how sometimes you do just read the exact book you need to read mm. at that time. And obviously, this wasn't the right day. Uh, we could be wrong. You could re- read this book in a few years' time and go, no, still crap, and that's fair enough. But I yeah. think the writing style, I'll yeah. always like. Just, uh, I, could, I mean, you know what? Actually, now let's get a bit technical with it. He's talking about. Um, firstly, he said to see things eaten. So he's talking about flames eating things and the, the um, chemical change that goes on when you're setting fire to something. Um, with his symbolic helmet number 451 and his stolid head and his eyes all orange flame with the thought of what came next. It's, <clears throat> I think, actually, for me, he's confusing two things there. He's describing what's going on and he's trying to bring it about the sort of the emotional connection with the character. And I think, actually, he's doing two things at once. And for me, I'm not buying it. So I don't feel like I'm watching a fire. And I don't feel like I'm getting close to a character who's about to burn something. I don't feel like I'm with an arsonist. And I don't feel like I'm looking at a house and seeing what it looked like as it went down. Do you know what I mean? It's So instead, it's kind of about his hands... It, you know, symphonies of blazing and burning. It's all a bit dramatic for me. Um, yeah, I get that. I mean, for me, that just adds to it's a one big dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And you're and 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 I know this could be a hypocritical because because there are books I've hated that have done the same thing to me, like left me hanging. But I just when I read this book, just my brain connected all the dots. I had a very clear picture of the street he lives on, mm-hmm. of what it looked like when he's putting out that house, of how he felt, of how the world around him felt. Um, I was just like, fine when had... Sam's having a bad day. <laughs> no, you say, yeah, I've just, I've never had such strong, well, I have had, but this is a book that I had a really, really strong picture Look, of. He hung head. up his black beetle coloured helmet. A black I love beetle. That. Yeah, but it's a, what's, what's, black, black but, is black. What a black beetle coloured But I think that's, de- well, obviously it's deliberate, it's a device, but yeah. I think there's a lot of colour and a lot of animal in mm, this book. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And I think it's just part of his, um, whether it's stylistic across all of his books, this is the only book I've read by him, but it feels like a very deliberate choice. I do like, I like this it. line, his inner mind reaching out to turn the corner for him had heard the faintest whisper. Now, for me, that's a great line, but I'm, what's interesting is while I'm reading it, it's, it's quite meta, because it's like mm. my brain is going, you're just on the cusp of understanding what this line's about <laughs> while reading a line that is basically about... His, his inner mind reach like reaching out to turn the corner for him. It's like ah. that's like Aldous Huxley, isn't it? Yeah, I mean to be honest, because because I read Huxley in um, all well at school, I was sort of studying them, so not really. Again, the connection thing's not there. Um, there's somewhere he just uses so many adverbs, and and obviously everyone has different opinions on adverbs. A lot of kind of writer types would say. You shouldn't use too many. Snobs. Yeah, snobs. Well, there's that book I was sat down with for 10 minutes in Waterstones, um, all these statistics on writing and, you know, these this idea that you never start with a book with the weather, but then Danielle Steele, 50% of her books start with the weather mm. and Hemingway um It was uses... a bright, cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Yeah. Yes, That's exactly, yeah. start of 1984. Yeah. Um, but then also... Like, yeah, the idea of using adverbs, it's seen as quite sort of bloated writing style. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hemingway, who is highly against adverbs, used one, I think, in Old Man mm-hmm. and the Sea or something like that. Um, it's certainly something, and, uh, you know, I think because I read a lot of writers that do that kind of thing, Hemingway probably being the exception out of my preferred writers, but whenever I've read my own writing, and I know you've pointed out, just I do use a lot of adverbs, and I guess you just absorb 
what you read. Mm -hmm. It's interesting with you, though, because I find that your tweeting and your speech style and your writing style is actually very similar to the books you read. Um, it's a little bit old-fashioned. My tweeting style? Tweeting style, yeah, your writing I style. I tweet exclusively about rugby. Well, you do it with a Charles Dickens kind of sheen. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. You have quite an, sort of an, an old-school style to you, and in, not in a bad way at all. It's it's quite a... I mean, it suits your World War Two moustache. It's my USP right your now. USP. No, and it's quite lovely. Um, they rounded a corner in thunder and siren with concussion of tyres with a scream of rubber, with a shift of kerosene bulk in the glittery brass tank, like the food in the stomach of a giant with Montag's fingers, jolting off the silver rail, swinging into cold space, with the wind tearing his hair back from his head, with the wind whistling in his teeth, and him all the while thinking of the women, the chaff women in his parlour tonight, with the kernels blown out from under them by a neon wind, and his silly, damned reading of a book to them. That is one sentence. How like trying to put out fires with water pistols, how senseless and insane, one rage turned in for another. Oh, see, I was mixed up with short, short sentences. One anger displacing another. When would he stop being entirely mad and be quiet, be very quiet indeed? Despair. It's a paragraph of just like, I don't know what, it's just, it's, it's too much for me. Like, it's almost like he's spending so long describing the action because there's not mm. enough of action in it. And I'd prefer more action. And I, maybe that's just a modern kind of thing, I think. We, we have got quite picky about books and writing styles and all that sort of thing. And, I'm, and we're impatient and unfocused and we're not willing to work, you know, work things out. And my teacher, um, Dragan um, Todorovic, on, uh, in a creative writing MA, he asked us, we were reading a book by... Um, Zebald and um, and I just found it really tedious. You would have loved it, <laughs> but um, he was like, you know, should reading be easy? Shouldn't it be something that we kind of work at as well and we take our time over? And 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 yeah, he's right. I mean, it, should it just be a pleasure all the time? Should everything just be easy and quick and we don't have to? Do, our brains don't have to do any work. And it depends what you going to reading for but you it's don't feel really like your brain was thought. working too hard reading that, no i found this an easy read yeah. um certainly not a straightforward read it, you know he went to the shops he didn't know it was not that but it i like a complicated read um i i found the, uh, the testaments a complicated mm -hmm. read um we touched on earlier i've read dickens and and dostoevsky Th those are reads that slow and challenging well, you need to I've, go i've read roger red hat <laughs> and i'm not i'm not saying i was good at reading them but uh, yeah yeah and i have to go over them um but there are books where it's not worth it i've certainly abandoned ships a ship on books like that but there are books and dickens being a prime example where i think going okay this is going to take me a month and i'm really going to have to focus and switch off but but the story i end up with and the characters i've gone on a journey with are worth a really slow read mm -hmm. uh, i find it a bit like looking at a painting where there's loads going on mm -hmm. but just looking at it and going ah i'm taking the you know taking it all in, taking it all in for what it is and that's i think that was a terrible comparison actually no. But, um, no, that makes sense. but no i um for me this was not a difficult read certainly not a straightforward one but i, I do you know what <clears throat> actually Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. And I was warned of this um, before I read it, but they said, oh, it's annoying, the language, because it's, you know, borderline, it, you know, it's half English, half its own sort of gobbledygook. And uh, it, 
and it is but actually i was I, my brain translated it very quickly and i was just reading it quite mm. freely like i was reading you know a really straightforward well sometimes book. i like sometimes i'll read a book and i'll go oh i don't understand but i sort of allow my i allow it to wash over me and i'm like i just sort of trust that it'll start to make sense and this one i still don't know if i got i mean i th- i think i got there i think mm. i know what it was all about and what happened but it didn't i never felt secure that i had Mm. taking it inaccurately you know what I mean? and that, that is frustrating when that happens isn't it because you question your intelligence oh I've, but... I've given up in i've given up questioning <laughs> that long yeah. ago <sighs> um should we read some of the reviews yes amazon one star reviews we love i spoke over your jingle do it again it. do your sting amazon reviews ooh, ooh. what should that be like one star reviews ooh, ooh, ooh. That's one star reviews. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's obviously really good fun to read people that hated the book. Um, are you one of the one star reviews? No, I, think, I don't. <laughs> I don't like hating books. I don't believe in hating books. I mean, someone is. I do. Catch twenty two. You keep saying oh. that every time. Um, no, people have put ideas on a page, and I think that's incredible. And we're here talking about this book. It's got me working some things out and thinking about others. It's. Um, I struggle with certain you know styles but yeah i hate the idea of hating a book hate, yeah hate, hate, hate. No, me too um, unless it's catch 22 yeah i mean even we should probably be clear that the star ratings we give on here as well are just like they don't mean anything because it doesn't none of it none of it bloody matters the fact it's that just, it's written is enough yeah it is yeah. um um go on then so what what have people said <clears throat> right you know what like this not for me wisty not for me one star narration good but content not of any interest to me Fair enough. Interesting. Um, <laughs> Joe says, bored throughout. Not my cup of tea. Bored throughout. I only read it all because it was the choice of the book club that I attend. <laughs> oh, Joe, they've done a number on you there. <laughs> um, someone has put the title of the book in their review title, so Fahrenheit 451. A book perhaps made notorious and arguably the reason for its huge popularity by it being included on the list of books to have been banned at one point or another. A science fiction slash dystopian novel all about censorship and what it is to control, be controlled, and, if I'm not very much mistaken, the dumbing down of society. Can we pause there? Yeah. What you've just read is exactly... Would have been like a, a better intro from us, really, wouldn't it? Um, I'm going to copy and paste it now to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to say this. There's such an irony that this book was banned. Mm. It's the irony yeah, to yeah, end yeah. all yeah. ironies. Uh, not what I considered a, per- a particularly well-penned read, not wishing to insult any schoolboys, Curtis, but alas, I found the writing, well, schoolboyish in its execution. The mechanical hound from whose snout the- there projects a lethal syringe, unimaginative, and quite frankly, I felt laughable. I forgot the shit scary mechanical hound. I remember the hound, but I, I didn't even notice the syringe thing. I just yeah, think it was weird. It, yeah, oh God, I forgot that. It's, I found it quite terrifying. And again, like we say of all books, this would lend itself to a movie really nicely. I just realised I can't. I um, we shouldn't. I can't read out this review because she's put copyright at the bottom. Of it. Really, <laughs> she's copyright at Amazon. Review. What's her name? Tracy Terry at Pen and Paper, which I'm guessing is a blog. So uh, do check out 
Tracy Terry. With neither a plot nor characters, probably the most important aspect of a story as far as I'm concerned, that I could immerse myself in, let alone believe in, I'm afraid I struggled. Then there was a the whole futuristic aspect. Okay, so there are those that see the author as quite the visionary. And yes, it could be said that with the increase in reality TV, brackets, the opium of the masses, question mark, he was right. And I suppose in this respect, the book is marginally interesting, but not nearly so interesting as to grip my interest let alone my hold my attention. Whilst I shouldn't really compare the two, give me George Orwell any time. Bet you like her now. Well, you don't have to choose. <laughs> um, so that is that is copyright Tracy Terry at pen and paper. Okay, thank you, copyright Tracy Terry. But no, that's. A, I mean, I think that's a fair review. For, from I think she sort of sums up what I think really. But she but, gave it one star. But she gave it one star, and I, I, just, I guess you just give something middle of the road, three stars, like. Mm. It's, it's funny, the idea of what do we judge a book on? Because you know when stuff has got an amazing plot, but then you think, oh, well, actually, I'm going to judge the literary sort of merit of it and blah, 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 and then you down market, or it's brilliantly written, but you don't particularly connect with any of the characters. It's just, I mean, it's all bollocks, really, isn't it? Star ratings and stuff. Um, all that matters is the booker. <laughs> um, what else we got? Overrated codswallop. That's Mark. You don't get enough codswallop. You don't get enough codswallop. What a huge disappointment. The blurb on the back says it stands... I like that he says on the back. Yeah. Like that tautology there. <laughs> well, maybe it's not tautological. You could have it on the front. The, the carpet on the, on the floor. <laughs> the blurb on the back says it stands alongside Orwell's 1984 and Huxley's Brave New World. No, it doesn't. It is shallow. <laughs> the characters are poorly developed. The writing style is trite and the message risible. I have no idea why it won an award. I got so irritated with it, I gave up about two-thirds of the way through... Avoid. Oh, bless you, Mark. I, 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 yeah, I just disagree. I put it right next to those two novels. Lots of people agreeing with his comments. Someone said, one, one person said, I wish I'd heeded your advice. Totally agree with your comments. It's funny, isn't it? You read a book and then regret reading a book. It's just, yeah. you can't, you can't really. Can, can, you ever, can you regret reading a book? No, but I mean, I'm at a stage where I will get 50, 60 pages in and, and if it's not happening. Then you'll stop, yeah. Yeah. Um... I did say so I like this. Sorry, Zoe's on. Zoe's on it. Where are the women writers? I did actually notice that while I was reading it. Does she know that Ray Bradbury's a man? No, I think she meant in the back of the book. You idiot! <laughs> Towards the oh, end. Oh right, right. <laughs> well, she should have been more specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> does the representation of women as shrill, willfully ignorant, and spiteful trouble anyone else? And I have to ask again. Why is no one memorising the work of women when they go to such great lengths to remember the work of men? I mean, Einstein, really? Sure, it's important, but you go to such effort to memorise the infinitely complicated genius of Einstein's theories and you can't even be bothered to mention Frankenstein. Me thinks you have a problem, Bradbury. Um, and was it someone's responded? I don't think the Amazon review section is the place to wage a war against the patriarchy. You are the reason feminism has become so taboo and ridiculed. Yeah, you're the reason... I mean, it's all as he's put it horrendously. <gasps> you don't agree, do <laughs> I don't think what's wrong with what she said. Where are the women writers? That's that's her personal gripe with the book. No, I agree. Because it is, it is sad. It's like, well, people are trying to pre- preserve all these books and there's no women that they're preserving. As if... And it's not because they're women they should be remembered. It's just because there are a lot of great books they're missing. There are, yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that bit. Who was remembering Austin? Who? I just think, honestly, I think he hasn't written the characters particularly well. He hasn't really mm-hmm. gone into great depth with any of the, the characters. I don't, And I don't think it's male or female. I think all of the characters could be more developed for me. But if you are someone with... I don't know. I think maybe it's because you like all these 
these sorts of books anyway that you could kind of picture the sort of character he's trying to make you think of anyway. Yeah, it's whimsical the... and it's dreamlike. Yeah. And, and you've got you a know... reference for that, whereas I don't yeah. really make... I don't know. So a couple more reviews. S said, yawn, in capitals. So boring, I couldn't finish it. And I normally see any book I read to the bitter end. Um... I mean, it's not a long book. What was his name? It did take me a long time to read, though. His name was S. The letter S. Um, 211 pages. Rubbish. What the heck? I'd rather read the dictionary. Um, we should get more words than rubbish to describe why you don't like the book. Yeah. Hey. hey I'm Hi-yo. so quick. Um, Dean said, start off well, then dipped. A book that wasn't really for me. It was very slow and boring. I couldn't wait to finish it. Um, one star dreadful book badly written I can only imagine that the author has friends in high places how else he got this published as a mystery to me um, this edition fell to pieces in my hands bad quality oh Bradbury come on stitch your books sort it out um, I'm reading the book at the moment nothing bad to say about the narrative but the quality of the particular edition is terrible I haven't bent the spine at all and the pages are falling out as I read I need this book for uni but it looks like I'm going to have to buy another copy as it is literally falling to pieces in my head you know you can just send it back love Like I feel like she'd like to be one of the firemen right Green Lotus who's a top thousand reviewer says awful book I have read 1984 and found it to be a total page turner so I was really excited to read this book but oh my god what a pile of rubbish at the risk of sounding dim I did not get it you know what I like what I like about this book is it's one of those books that if you were in sort of um, intellectual company you just nod on and go yeah yeah great book yeah yeah loved it loved it and inside you're going I didn't get it I didn't get it and then you're just thinking that you should have got it and it's because you're stupid that you don't like it yeah and and also i i would challenge is that green lotus did you say yeah yeah i i challenge green lotus on the whole well i love 1984 so i you know so i was excited for this like it's not the sequel it's not even the same fucking author it's ridiculous like and, and i get that someone's obviously said to him if you like that you should try this and i'm all for going well actually i didn't like that love down and abby um, didn't like prime prejudice I, yeah it's weird because i do put them on the same shelf but yeah. I, I do, but they're not comparable. They, you know, they're trying to do very different. Th- well, they're, no, they are. They're not on the same shelf. No, actually, the, you, that you've got your Ray Bradbury's on your top shelf, and well, all else like on your fourth shelf. That's like my shelf. Don't, don't mislead okay, people. I put them in the same bucket. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, yeah, the, the, no, they are trying to achieve the same thing, but in very, very different ways. Mm-hmm. And actually, I suppose it's completely fair enough. Someone wouldn't like this, but would like the other. I found the book lacked so much in description that I found it hard to picture this so-called dystopian future. Who was in charge? What books were banned? If all, how did anyone even learn to read or write? What happened to Clarice? Yeah, that's interesting. How did anyone learn to read or write? What happened to Clarice? Easily the only interesting character in the whole book apart from the fireman. What did everyone else do? Wow, this is a very long, unpunctuated sentence. Uh, the list is endless. There was no emotional involvement with the characters at all, meaning I couldn't care less what happened to them. I found myself desperately trying to get through the book because I hate to give up on any book when all of a sudden it just ended. Almost of his pages have been ripped out from the end. Maybe he did actually have a copy where the pages have been ripped out. <laughs> so I, I do believe that different editions over the years, he's made tweaks and things. So I don't know what edition she's read or what edition we've read compared to the original, but apparently this has this book has changed okay. Re- with reasonable significance over the okay. years. So I would be interested I to read. Well, that's the latest this one. must be a latest edition because it's got Barack Obama's opinion on the front. Should we read his review? It's not a one-star review. <laughs> Ray Bradbury's gift for storytelling reshaped our culture and expanded our world. Barack Obama. Do you agree with Barack? Yeah. 
It's Barack Obama. Well, I, mean, I can't. I can't be seen to be stupid. Obviously, I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, everyone has to. <laughs> Shall we? Um, have you got any more? Shall we wrap um, it up? But read it forty years ago. Still didn't like it. Interesting how some of the things he describes have come to pass. So you didn't like it, but you kind of you didn't like it. But you, you, yeah, you're saying you know, um, like how Orwell planted the CCTV seed. <laughs> Bradbury's clearly um, oh, God, made you know air propelled tubes. I remember a teacher at school. I don't think she had read 1984. Because she said, um, you know, and what was it all well wrote about? Cameras following us everywhere. And now what do we have? Big Brother on TV. I'm like, that's, that's why it's called Big Brother. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just sort of kept my hand down and thought, she, what? She doesn't she, know. She, that's, uh. she either doesn't know or she does know and has articulated it terribly. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but now we've got Big Brother. What, you know, what did all will tell us would happen? I mean, that's kind of meta. They like sort of. They called it Big Brother because never mind. Oh, good. Um, last one. Um, my friend told me about him. Had a good listen, but it is in the rubbish bin now. People, if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of this book, obviously burn it. Yeah. <laughs> ceremonial oh, burning so yeah lots of people didn't like this book I loved it a lot of people do love it it is considered a modern classic it does sit next to Brave New World in 1984 um, as one of the classic dystopias very cynical about you know how the future could be if we continue to censor and we continue to uh, dumb down ourselves with screens and what have you um, we're going to find this hard to score, aren't we? Because we do beg to differ. So maybe we need to give it two scores. How to score and courtesy score? Yes. Um, might be a five out of ten. You're going five? Yeah. Fine. Down the middle. So that's not offensive. That's not um, capturing your I, I imagination. I like the ideas in it. I, I can't, you, you can't judge a book. You can't judge a sort of dystopian book from the 50s, really. By I can't judge it by the today's standards um, because there's so much that would have been groundbreaking. And actually, had I been reading it, just 20 years ago mm-hmm. I think I would have been like amazed by it um, but in writing style for me it's it, the writing style is not for me the book the plot great mm-hmm. um, style and characterisation lets it down for me cool so you're going 5 out of 10, five out of ten. Um, obviously I'm going higher um um, maybe you know, call me old-fashioned. Maybe I am. I do tend to read older books. I don't read a lot of modern literature, and I have come to reading later in life. So this blew my mind. Uh, this comfortably goes into my top five books I've ever read. I love the language. I love the world Bradbury created. I loved Guy Montag's journey, and actually started flicking through this morning, um, a year after reading it for the first time, because I knew we were talking about it this evening. Um, and I, I'm actually just going to crack on and read Aww. it again this weekend. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, I give this a strong, strong nine Ooh. out of ten. Not even a ten out of ten for one of your top fives. You can give it a ten if you like. Nine point nine out of ten because <laughs> nothing in the world is perfect. <laughs> Except you, darling. Yeah. Um, we can have some dinner. That's What's... a nice response. Yeah, I, we can have some dinner. I, I, I can smell. I can smell something nice in the it's kitchen. Burning. It's burning. Oh my god! Yeah, we're gonna burn dinner. This is. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got butternut squash risotto uh, that we're gonna make. And what, um, what for mains? <laughs> Lols. Um, yeah, well, this was fun. I got through it. I forgot the book, but um, forgot most of what it's about. But um, we don't know what we're reading next time, do we? Yet? Oh so no! We'll have a, we'll have Is it your turn to recommend or mine, or should we find something neither of us have read? We'll find something neither of us have read. Okay. And, uh, yeah. We'll do that. We'll record it in a month, but you'll hear it a week <laughs> after this one. <laughs> 
thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us or take part um, in the show, we're thinking of maybe having sort of a read-along so we let you know what we're going to read and then you can uh, let us know your thoughts about a certain book, even come in as a guest. Why not? Get down the pub and have a chat. Um, email us on, well, pick one of us, hadger at dabblersbookclub.com or curtis at dabblersbookclub.com. Um, yeah, love to hear your thoughts and suggestions about what we should read or what we should do more or less of or just tell us to shut up. Give us a book to read. Right, we're going to go and eat dinner. We will see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.